You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. And some will say, well, this just sounds like socialism. And I'm reminded of the words of the historical Jesus scholar, John Dominic Cross. And do not, by the way, let anyone tell you that it is liberalism, socialism, or communism. If you need an ism, it's enoughism. Enoughism would be a more accurate description. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. This is episode 306, and our title this week is Jesus's Enough Now, there's a passage in Luke that's been on my mind all week. It's Luke 18, 29 through 30. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Now, many Christians today, they read these words and they hear Jesus saying that if we give up something for Christianity, Uh, will somehow have more materially in this life than we could possibly imagine. And this has led some to embrace what others have labeled the the prosperity gospel. If someone follows Jesus and becomes a Christian, the, the belief is that they'll have their best life now. And I believe that these interpretations, they're mistaken. First, this passage is not about embracing Jesus in name, nor is it about including religions. Um, uh, 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 It's not about things that have Jesus's name just simply attached to them. In Luke, Jesus's gospel is about embracing what what Luke's gospel calls the kingdom. And that, remember, is Jesus's vision for human society. This was a human community that was founded on the golden rule and love of others as as connected and and part of oneself above all else. And it also involved material and distributive justice. It involved wealth redistribution, mutual aid, uh, resource sharing. This society's members, they were committed to caring for one another, to make sure that everyone had what they needed to survive. And this passage, it's not a magic formula. Uh, Sending a TV preacher money doesn't mean that you'll be materially successful. Jesus's assurance is that if following Jesus's vision for human community, if it causes one to lose lose privilege or power or security or family affirmation, then the intrinsic return of belonging to a society rooted in love and in caring cooperation rather than survivalist competition, that's distributive justice. And and no one has too much while others don't have enough. We all gain a, a better human society or community. We all gain that together even if there's a a short-term or an interim cost for pursuing it. It may be helpful to look at Mark's record of these words. In Mark 10, 29-30, Mark's gospel reads, Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, 
along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. So did you catch it there? Mark adds something that we don't find in Luke, and that's this phrase, along with persecutions. This isn't a promise that the road to the equitable society that Jesus imagined, that that road will be smooth, but that the end quality of community that we're creating is simply worth the struggle and the difficulty to get there. Whenever we begin to critique the status quo, those who benefit from wealth, from power, and privilege inequalities, those people will fight back. Those who mistakenly feel that they have the most to lose, they'll be the most threatened. And at the end of the Beatitudes in Matthew, where Jesus calls us to envision what human society could look like, remember he encourages those who reach out to begin shaping these communities with these words. This is Matthew 5. 10 through 11. Blessed are those who are persecuted for justice's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Consider how the book of Acts describes the the early Jesus community beginning to, to take shape. This is Acts 2, 44 through 47. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Jesus' followers what they formed tightly knit communities where people took care of each other. If someone suffered great material or even relational losses for following Jesus, for working towards this new human community, they became part of a community that cared for them in this life. And this is hard for many to visualize because of our culture. Our culture today is so individualistic. First century followers of Jesus, they held all things in common. If someone suffered loss for following Jesus within their own Jesus community, they would be cared for. And it's vital that we break with our individualism today in order to be able to see this. Consider these words also from Matthew. This is Matthew 6, 19 through 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. If we remain individualistic in our thinking and in our living, uh, taking care of ourselves, that's a matter of survival. But what if we were to actually begin to create communities where we were committed to taking care of each other? Our, Our current means of surviving those means, the ways that we survive right now, th- those means would be, ob- they would become obsolete. And some will say, well, this just sounds like socialism. And I'm reminded of the words of the historical Jesus scholar, John, John Dominic Crossan. This is from his book, The Greatest Prayer, Rediscovering the Revolutionary Message of the Lord's Prayer. This is on page three. 
He writes, do not, by the way, let anyone tell you that it is liberalism, socialism, or communism. It is, if you need an ism, it's godism, householdism, or best of all, enoughism. We sometimes name the biblical vision of God's world or household as egalitarianism, but actually, enoughism would be a more accurate description. And it would be well also this week to, to remember the, the wise words uh, of of Paul to the Corinth church. This is 2 Corinthians 8, 13 through 15. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much and the one who gathered little did not have too little. So helping someone who's pushed to the edges of our society today. That means creating the type of world that we all would prefer to live in, or at least I'd prefer to live in, tomorrow. I agree with Garrick, Gareth Higgins and, and Brian McLaren, who recently wrote in the book The Seventh Story, Us, Them, and the End of Violence. Um, this is page 61. They wrote, Most of us would rather not live in a kill-or-be-killed world, an enslave-or-be-enslaved world, a dominate-or-be-dominated world, an impoverished or be impoverished world. If we had the chance to build a live and let live world, a world of generosity and justice and neighborliness, where we do to others as we would have them do to us, we would gladly choose that option. A less violent future is available. It's within reach. So stop for a moment this week and just dream with me. What would a society shaped by enoughism, what would that look like? Would a few have more than they could ever possibly need while a majority of others are barely scratching out enough to exist? What would a world where everyone has enough, what, uh, where they have enough to thrive, what would that be like? What would be, what would most of our collective resources or, or taxes, if you want to call them that, that we pulled together, what would those resources be spent on collectively? How would we choose to use even our personal uh, resources? Um, uh, how would power, how would responsibility, how would those things be distributed? And how would we structure uh, uh, those types of communities? Where we can begin today is creating communities where we abandon staunch individualistic survival, and we begin viewing each other, along with our differences, as connected, as part of one another. We aren't simply passing through. Another world is possible right here, right now, if we choose it. And I'll end uh, with these words from James Robinson in his classic volume, the Gospel of Jesus, A Historical Search for the Original Good News. This is from uh, the Kindle edition, Kindle Locations 138 through 142. Jesus' basic issue, still basic today, is that most people have solved the human dilemma for themselves at the expense of everyone else, putting them down so as to stay afloat themselves. This vicious antisocial way of coping with the necessities of life only escalates the dilemma for the rest of society— 
All of us know the result all too well, for we have experienced it ourselves in one form or another, the breakdown of mutually supportive human relations that results in the distinction between the haves and the have-nots, the ruling class subjugating serfs, sharecroppers, and blue-collar workers, the battle of the sexes, dictatorships of one kind or another, exploitation in the workplace, and on and on. The world we live in presently... It, it, it doesn't have to look the way it does. Uh, this week, uh, I believe that we can do better. We may not be able to change the entire world overnight, but we can right now, today, and in our lives, uh, begin with displaying the beauty of what a world shaped by Jesus' teachings could look like. And in the end, isn't the world of enough? where everyone has enough to thrive. Uh, no one has too much while others have too little. Isn't that the kind of world that we, we really want? Heart group application this week, discuss with your group the difference between equality and equity. And if this is a, a new discussion for you, a quick Google search will give you plenty of places to start. Why is it that in our striving for equitable equality, some folks they must be treated with a preferential option or at least differently than others. And then number two, how does this difference impact your personal life and how you relate to others who may also be less privileged or marginalized? And then does this difference does it also impact the way that your heart group is structured and how your heart group operates? Does it impact how your heart group relates to your larger community or, or your society? Thanks for checking in with us this week. Wherever you are, keep choosing love, compassion, action, reparative, and distributive justice. Another world is possible if we choose it. And don't forget, all donations to Renewed Heart Ministries for the months of November and December, they're being matched right now dollar for dollar. Through this generous offer, you can make your support go twice as far during these final two months of 2019. And also, we'd like you to consider becoming one of our monthly supporters through our Shared Table fundraiser that's going on right now. You can find out more about this special offer to our supporters by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com. I love each one of you dearly. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you next week.